0: well good morning everybody this is good i'm enjoying this morning i'm enjoying god i was really loving that worship um yeah i love that song the um here in your love it's not it's not the place here in church it's a place in his love that we can be every day i just love that i just love that okay um, well you'll have to forgive me for being me and um probably saying some of the same things that i said last time if you were here when i spoke because um i just love these things so much that um um i'm going to say some of the same things but you might not notice if i didn't if i don't tell you preachers do that but they say the same things over and over and just use some different words and hope you don't notice but you're not supposed to tell anybody but i just did some different stuff as well okay my writing's a wee bit small, so I'm gonna see if this will go higher. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. <laughs> hey, there we go. Sorted. Okay. Um last time I spoke, I spoke a little bit about um connection with God in terms of um revival and the fact that we're in this time between when Jesus came the first time and Jesus came the second time and Heaven is available. The veil's been torn. Loads of stuff is available to us now. Um, and revival isn't so much about waiting for God to show up and for God to get radical and for God to do something. Well, He is radical. He is God. He is doing stuff all the time. And it's not so much about the external things round about us, things happening as the internal. Now, I've been in some amazing meetings where the presence of God has been really powerful, and there's been folk um, who have uh, experienced that, and there's been other folks who haven't. Um, And God's really concerned with our internal world more than the external things around about us. Um, And the things which might or might not happen are all for the purpose of connecting with him. So I want to expand a little bit about connecting with god and expand and look at a couple of my favorite 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 bits of the bible okay um first of all the whole thing um, is about connection and god's love and we want to keep the main thing the main thing and if you want to know what the main thing is um a few people asked jesus and said jesus what's the main thing except they said, what's well, the most important command? Is what they asked him. And in Mark 12, verse 29, Jesus said, The most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. you're right you need to be careful with this don't you okay (laughs) do you know what's really interesting see when he quoted that he was obviously quoting a whole section that was from deuteronomy from the scriptures that were available so people would have known this is from the, the scriptures that we have but he didn't just quote he didn't start from love the lord your god he started with the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Who God is, His identity, His nature, is crucial and foundational and fundamental in all of this. Before we go on to like love Him and engage with Him, we need to know who we're loving and who we're engaging with. Yeah, um, that's that's a relationship and that's a journey that we build. I, I love Kev's T-shirt. Did anybody else notice what it says on it? It never stop exploring. Right, that just sums a lot of your character up, doesn't it? (laughs) Kev's a good friend of mine too. Um, Never stop exploring. Exploring and encountering and journeying, it's a journey with God. You don't just suddenly, you know, I just didn't suddenly get close with Joanna. I journeyed and we got to know each other and, you know, now we're really close. Okay. Um, Another favorite verse of mine. I'm going to come back to, to some of that loving the Lord with all your heart and soul and your mind in a moment, but um, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 is really, really well known. Um, but how we read it can sometimes depend on, well, one, the version of the Bible you've got and our understanding and stuff as well. So, um, the NIV, which is one of the most common, says, uh, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight um, and the king james says something similar um, in all your ways acknowledge him and uh, he will direct your paths or something or other like that i actually haven't got it in front of me um but it's a fairly well-known verse okay um and it's one of my favorites in the whole bible um but i want to look at it in a little bit more detail verse six in all your ways acknowledge him see that word acknowledge that word acknowledge in hebrew is yada or Yade, i think it's actually pronounced if you're a hebrew expert and i'm not that good with languages we're just back from france aren't we sweetheart and um mon france n'est pas i i'm not that great with languages. i enjoyed it i got a little bit better but i'm not the best for languages right so this word i think is something like yade right Um, that they've translated acknowledge in all your ways like yaday him and he will make your path straight Um, that word actually means to know to know to know god it's in the old testament 947 times and 750 of those times it's translated as know or known so in all your ways know him and he will make your path straight. That's the same. No, when Adam and Eve knew each other and they bore a son, right? It's experiential, close knowing encounter. So, in all your ways, know God experientially, encounter Him, meet with Him, and He will make your path straight. Slightly different. That I'm really fussy, by the way, um, with my Bible translations. Are the bible that I choose to read and I don't I'm not going to fall out with anyone for reading a different bible um than something like I quite like the King James but the Hebrew if you look at the Hebrew is even better but I don't I don't speak Hebrew so it's a bit of a problem but if you go onto the internet blue letter bible you can just click on a verse and it brings up the Hebrew with all the places it's occurred that's where I get this stuff from it's not because I've been to like college and it's because I cheat and use google blue letter bible it's quite good okay um, can i just read this in the new living translation um, trust in the lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take um, i'm not so keen on that one but do you know what i think it does i think it highlights some thinking in modern um can i say churchianity Rather than modern walk with God, um, because it says seek His will in all you do. That sounds a little bit different to know God experientially. I don't necessarily want to be seeking His will to find out what to do. I want to be seeking Him and be connecting with Him, and then all the other stuff's going to get worked out. There's there's a mindset sometimes in modern kind of churchianity where. we're we're, we're trying to work out what it is we have to do and we're asking God what should I do and some folk are maybe waiting for a postcard to come through the door before they know what pair of socks to wear in the morning or something you know God's given us freedom and um, all that stuff gets worked out as we yaday him as we connect with him in an experiential way and that's what God's after Um, something else I want to mention at this point is that if we're not connected experientially and we haven't encountered and met with him in that kind of close way um, and encountered his love we're probably likely to have a bit of fear or insecurity in aspects of our lives because encountering God is one about the nature of God who he is but very often when I've experienced him and I've encountered him personally he's not taught me about what I should be doing what I should be doing for him, how I should be serving him. Do you know what he's spoken to me about? He's spoken to me about who I am. Jesus did all this cool stuff, right? Anyone want to do some of that cool stuff? Okay, what's one of the first things that we hear in the Bible at the beginning of that ministry? When Jesus was baptized, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. It let everybody else know, but Jesus heard that too. It's like, you know, I don't know um someone's already said this one i think it was jan but well, what what did jesus experience when he like met with father god and encountered and spoke with them and there's not a record always of all of that and um, there is a record of some of it in john's gospel and he's one of my favorite um kind of um uh disciples um Because he got a lot of stuff to do with connecting and to do with the love. If you read John 14, 15, 16, 17. John 17, for example. There's some prayers that Jesus prayed. John's recorded them. They're not all recorded elsewhere by some of the other disciples. John's captured something. When Jesus said, I'll come and make my home in you. I will manifest myself to you. I will show myself to you. That's what that word means. John's the one that's recorded some of this stuff. He's like, we can get this. We can encounter. We can meet with Jesus in some of these ways. Um, But if we haven't, we're likely to be in a bit of fear or insecurity because we don't always know who we are. Um, 1 John 4 verse 18. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We need to read things in context, by the way. The context of that, he's talking, he's, he then says, because fear involves punishment. And he's talking about, we don't need to fear God. He's not out to get us. He's not out to punish us. He's out to love us. And that's all been dealt with at the cross. We don't need to fear that. Um, but if there's fear in our lives, it's maybe because we haven't encountered love. So if you flip that the opposite way around, say if we haven't encountered love, we probably get fear in areas of our lives. Or insecurity. Um And there are folk that kind of accidentally act from that place. And to get a bit of security, do a lot of different things. Often it involves um, finding something to do before we really know who we are. Um, It might be a job or something. You know, if you meet someone, it's like, hi, I'm Dave. I'm a whatever. I'm a builder. I'm a bus driver. I'm a lawyer. I'm a whatever. And you know about what people do before you get to know about who they are and i find it really really fun i'm really enjoying being around top, and i've been here like about oh a year and a half or something i'm still getting to know people but there's loads of people that i know and i don't have any idea what they do for a living do you know like i know a bit about kind of who they are as a person and their character and their heart and but i've no idea of a whole bunch of stuff that they do which i think is really really fun but um some folk will look for an identity and look for something to do, and you can have that with church ministry and serving God and doing something and doing things for Him before we really have encountered who we are. Um, I, I've, uh, I don't use Facebook a lot, as people know who I'm on Facebook with. Um, but you've got to write a wee bit about yourself. Um, and I used to have, when I first went on Facebook, a bit about all this different stuff I did, and then I changed it after a while. One day, I just put on. I am, and I like it, and that's all there is about me and Facebook. I don't, I don't need stuff to do to be somebody. I just am. I'm Andy, and people can, people can like it or lump it. I don't mind. It's fun. Um, but I've not always thought that way, because um, over the years I've encountered God, and, and every time I encounter Him. It's about him speaking to me about who I am, and me getting more secure and strong, and knowing who I am and knowing who he is. Um, Something else I want to mention briefly that I've seen sometimes around kind of church world that um, I I want to mention is that um, sometimes folk who are insecure um, hype things up when God does stuff round about. Because you know, I started by talking about God doing things and revival and things happening round about. And if you're secure in him, you're focusing on your connection in him. And when you hear about things happening, you're like, that's great. And it sparks something inside your heart and you want to connect with that and you want to connect with God. And I'm excited here in testimony what happened with Kev and and Johnny. And I'm like, yeah, that's sparking. That's cool. That's the God I know. Isn't he good? And I'm wanting to connect with that. I'm wanting to connect with God. And testimony is powerful. But if you're wanting to grab that, and hype it up and talk about it, make things bigger than they are and exaggerate things and you know, if you're sharing out of excitement and connection with God, great, but sometimes I see things shared and it's really maybe maybe folks don't really believe that God is is, is good as that and they're trying to kinda of convince themselves and convince other people and persuade people. Do you get do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah we've heard people hype things up sometimes and um uh, and it concerns me so but if you're secure it it sparks something Um, and uh, you don't always need to share things God's done it's good to test when he's powerful and it's biblical to share testimony but there's times when maybe we shouldn't or we don't want to I've had amazing experiences maybe sometimes I've prayed for someone seen something happen David an amazing encounter I've got awesome stories I could share with you and I'm not going to share them all because some of them it's like involves other people and i you know i feel like it's, it's their personal journey with god there's there's a kind of and it's not necessarily confidential but i'm respecting their kind of privacy and their journey and their confidentiality and i don't want to share with everybody what's going on in maybe somebody's life do you get me and sometimes i hear folks share something and i'm like i don't know if that person would want that shared so we're looking at keeping the main thing the main thing which is love and connection with god and honoring and loving people and love our neighbor as ourselves and in that excitement if we're staying connected with god and his love we're staying connected with love for others and honoring them and choosing what we share wisely out of that connection with god does that make any sense which is kind of what we try and do okay um Here's here's another example of of putting that connection with people before what God might do around the belt. Um, when me and Joanna used to lead a church, um, we put on a, a kind of we were involved in a family fun event in the local area with a local kind of charity we were running it. And we said, "Listen, can we just help you?" We're like, "Sure, yeah. If you want to do stalls and raise money for your church and stuff, great." They're actually, like, no, we don't. Like, we we, we don't see ourselves as a charity wanting to get money. We want to give to you. So we put on stuff, we put on a bouncy castle, we put on really good quality face painting. We didn't even attempt to do it ourselves. <laughs> we paid a professional face painter to come and do it. So it cost us some money to help resource their event and raise money for them and kind of give it to them. Um, and one of the um, the ladies kind of running this charity at the time, um, we'd spoken to her about the possibility of us having a stall and doing some healing and prayer and talking to people about god and spiritual art and and prophecy well or spiritual readings this kind of thing um to to bless people she'd been a bit concerned i thought and she thought well i'm not sure about it i'm not totally happy with it and i was due to meet with her again and chat with her about it before the event just to say how would you feel about it and chat through some of the issues i never got the opportunity because because she wasn't well Um, But then someone else involved with the the organization came along and said, don't worry about that. I think it's a great idea. I think you should do it. Just don't worry about her. Don't worry about it. You should just go ahead and do it. I think it would be great. I think people would love it. I said, yeah, I think it would be great. I think people would love it too. But I'm not going to do it because this lady who was managing the charity and organizing it, she wasn't completely comfortable with it. So I said, you know what? We're not going to do it. And there was an issue for us honoring her and honoring our connection and relationship with her and her position of authority there as the manager of this charity to say, do you know what? No, I'm not going to let somebody else come in and undermine her authority while she's off not well and us partner with that. And that, I believe, had a bigger spiritual impact on the area than anything we could have done running healing stalls and prophecy and whatever. So it's keeping the main thing the main thing and I'm excited there's other folk in that area doing some stuff now that I'm sure are going to benefit from some of that okay Um, the disciples were insecure too they were arguing about who was the greatest weren't they so I'm guessing it's It's alright for me to have the odd wee bit of insecurity in my life I've got a wee bit of but yeah i think john got it i think john got jesus love and he had encounter revelation i believe it's john that had some of the experience and wrote revelation and had the massive encounters with god when you read through all the wacky stuff in revelations um, that was john that had encounters i think and he called himself the one that jesus loved he knew he was loved because of encounter okay let's look at another story of encounter in um genesis 15 and i'm gonna grab my own bible here hang on no i'm not i've not got it i'm going to use my bible on here if you want to look up genesis 15 there's an encounter that abram had with god here And uh, interestingly, the first verse starts um, with God saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. So when we're talking about um, fear or insecurity, um, Abram maybe had a bit of fear going on here. Because God said, Don't be afraid. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And then verse 2, Abram said, Lord God... What will you give me, seeing as I go childless, and the heir of my house is Elysia of Damascus? And Abram said, Look, you've given me no offspring indeed. One born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of God came to him. So then God made all these promises to Abram about having children. And then um, it says in verse 6, He believed in the Lord, and uh, he accounted it to him for righteousness. So God accounted him believing um, for righteousness and that's quite a, a well known verse then, it, then God went on and said some more cool stuff to him about what was going to happen about inheriting land and stuff and verse 8 Abram said back to God he said Lord God how shall I know that I will inherit it and that word know it's the same word "yade." how will I yaday that I will actually inherit it you've told me this but how, how do I really know and God's response was to ask him to bring a bunch of stuff bring me a a three-year-old heifer a three-year-old female goat a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon and this was all to do with covenant which people made and i don't have time today to go into covenant but um what happened was that abram brought these things and he left them out during the day and the birds came to get them and he threw Tried to get rid of the birds, which he did—the vultures and stuff—and he'd cut some of them in half. And if, if you've not read about covenant or heard heard a talk about that, they used to chop an animal in half, and the blood would go everywhere. And you and your pal would walk through the blood, and that would be like a an agreement, like a like a modern day contract, except a covenant was much much stronger. You wouldn't go back on it. It's really, really powerful. Just to put you in the picture of what this chopping animals in two is all about—it's a bit weird, isn't it? Okay. Um, if we go down to verse 17 it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between the pieces and on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram and then told him some more things Um, and, and I missed back at verse uh, 12. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And then God spoke to Abram. Um, it, it sounds a bit weird and wacky, doesn't it? This this flaming torch appearing and going between pieces of animals. and That encounter Abram had with God is a bit like off the wall somewhere, yeah. A lot of these experiences and encounters people had in the Bible were a bit wacky. And do you know what we do with them sometimes? We put them in a shelf up here and we put them in a box called Bible story. That's okay because it's a Bible story. Dunk. And we put it in there. Mark comes to me and says, do you know what happened the other night? I was asking God to confirm something and I was chatting to him. And it all went dark and misty and this flaming torch went through my living room what shelf am I going to put that on see when we hear about stuff like that happen today we quite often put it on a shelf in a box called a bit dodgy maybe it's occult <laughs> so we've got these two shelves going on in church world we've got bible stories God does this amazing cool stuff Dunk, it's a bible story then over here we've got God does this stuff but I don't know maybe it's not God it's a really a bit weird and wacky. So we've got dunk it's something dodgy. Um, why shouldn't we have encounters with God today where God actually gives us some kind of yade, some kind of experience, some kind of encounter? See in the western world we don't like weird and wacky stuff. We like to understand it all, and we like to have it all in here in our knowledge and our understand, our intellect. And when we study the Bible, we go dunk Bible story, and we forget there was an encounter and an experience. And yes, we can understand God intellectually, but it's no good acknowledging God in all our ways. Oh yes, I've got this bracelet that says WWJD. What would Jesus do? So. Mm, what would Jesus do in this situation and engage your intellect instead of connecting with God in all my ways and yadaying with God and encountering him and experientially and living in his love all the time and being there and being connected all the time and living out of that. See, we don't need to be afraid of getting it wrong as we go through life. If we're in his love, it doesn't matter if I get it wrong. I get it wrong all the time. Don't I sweetheart? No, don't don't ask Joanna later. Just take my word for it, right? I get it wrong all the time, but it's alright. We've got to have plenty room for mistakes and plenty room for weakness. That gives God a bit of room to be God. Okay. So we've got these two shells and and um, there are some folk teaching in church world about we've got to be grounded in the word. All the weird and wacky stuff, let's pull it back down and let's get grounded. Um, yeah, I think it's good to get grounded in the word. And I said a wee while ago, um, if you're into the supernatural and things like that, get along to Alan's uh, Bible thing that he was doing at the School of Doctrine and get a good sound grip in doctrine. But we need to understand what we're actually being grounded in. The word is grounding us in heaven, not earth. So if you want to be down to earth, I want to be down to heaven. I want to be down to earth and be able to relate and engage with people, but I want to be down to heaven. Set your minds on things above. We are seated in heavenly places. That's what the Bible is teaching us. So the Bible is grounding us in heaven. And if we read a lot of the, the if we read a lot of it, it's grounding us in the idea of let's engage and connect with God. Let's yade with God. And over the years, church world has influenced things, and we end up with a translation of Bible that says, seek God to find out what you should do rather than yade and experientially encounter him and live out of that place in his love. I think Bible translations are great. I don't want I'm not knocking. You know, it's good to have things in modern language and stuff, but, you know, I'm, I'm fussy about it. Look look at it for yourself and find out what stuff means. Okay. Um, you know, in Second Chronicles 5, you read about the time when the glory of God filled the temple and the cloud came and the priest couldn't minister because of the cloud. And that, again, is a Bible story. And we're hearing of around the world times when God shows up in church meetings like that. And people are talking about glory clouds and they're seeing sparkling clouds and and we're like, ooh, the alarm bells are going off. Woo, is that dodgy? Are they just pumping something through the aircon system? What, you know, what's going on? Well, maybe God's actually doing something. Why not? I mean, we're going from glory to glory and the new covenant is supposed to be more glorious than the old. So shouldn't we see some of these things happen? Can I just say, by the way, Um, not necessarily related to that but just related to God showing up and doing stuff God is showing up and doing more and more and more and we're not going to be able to avoid it (laughs) no matter how hard you try or we try we can't avoid God showing up and doing some stuff Um, so we might as well try and get used to it wacky stuff I mean in Acts, we read about Philip who appeared to the eunuch and, and spoke to him. And then it says, uh, Acts 8, verse 39, if you've never read it before. When they came up out the water after baptizing this guy and getting this guy connected with Jesus and finding out the truth, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. <laughs> and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went in his way rejoicing. He seemed to be all right about it. Pooh. Hey, Philip, what was that you were saying about poof? <laughs> Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel, traveling in the spirit, suddenly appearing in places. I've heard about that happening in modern days. That God's doing stuff like that. And that's all right. Okay. Um, we want to engage with God In a full and complete way, God's given us senses. Um, He's given us physical senses, yeah? Smell, sight, taste, touch, and all, yeah? All these physical senses. Um, And if we are missing some of those senses in our experience of the world, we're missing out. Um, Let me read a quote from a woman. This was from an article in the news. all about people who've lost their smell and this is a quote from a woman who had lost her smell now you might not think sense of smell is too significant but it apparently accounts for about 80 percent of our experience in eating food so we think it's our taste but actually a lot of eating is your smell anyway here's a quote from this lady i think her name was soon she lost her smell it's things like smelling my children my home and my garden when they're gone you realized just how comforting and precious these smells are they make you feel settled and grounded without them i feel as if i'm looking in on my life but not fully taking part that's without a sense of smell see our spiritual experience with god and our encounter with him i said i would come back to that verse where jesus quoted love the lord your god with all your heart and your soul and your strength or your heart and your mind and your strength depending on different translations but all all of yourself if we've got areas of our heart that are damaged hurting i mean nick had a really really good talk last week was it recorded yes if you missed it get a hold of it, download it if it's on the website, I don't know, um, a really good talk about boundaries and letting things in and out your life, and talking about how, you know, if, if, if you've got a heart that has been hurt, you maybe put up some walls, and you're not going to be able to experience and encounter God fully. It's a bit like, you know, I don't know if any of you ever, have you ever been in a place where you haven't engaged with God fully in your heart because your heart's been sore? And it's been hard to and you've experienced some pain anybody been there yeah it's interesting just reading this woman say without my smell i feel as if i'm looking in, in my life and not fully taking part i mean when we're not engaging with god in all our heart and we're going through pain we're going through mess it can be messy we can feel like what's happened to my life we can feel like this woman And we need to find that encounter and that experience. It's in places of pain that we quite often find the deepest and most profound encounters with God and find his peace. So my journey with God, I started off like a lot of people do, kind of exploring things intellectually and began to gradually have more and more experiences over the years. And some of the things I had in this box up here that I would call dodgy started happening to me Like those wacky people that we talk about meeting with angels and stuff like that. Like, ooh, I don't know about that. And then I started having experiences. Me and Joanna were sitting in our living room one day praying, and I can't remember what we were praying, but I I do remember it was along the lines of, God, we kind of really need you. Right, it was one of these kind of prayers. And suddenly there's these four angels standing in front of us. Now, I didn't see them physically with my eyes. I just knew that they were there. No, go figure. I can't really explain that to you. I just knew inside, boom, 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 they were there. And I couldn't move. I couldn't pay another word. I couldn't do anything. I was just like, uh, uh <laughs> You know? Kind of incapacitated almost, like just like I couldn't do anything. Just these angels there, I'm like, whoa. I've had experiences like that um another time i was praying with a group of people in a room and this angel came and, and again I, I just sensed what, that it was there and it had all this armor on what it looked like i'm like oh that's cool so i let other people in the room know in case it was relevant for somebody like why is this angel here what are they doing like does anybody know um maybe they're here for somebody else in the room and just uh, like nah, i don't know i'm like all oh, right okay well god what's happening well the angel's standing in front of you Andy isn't he uh, oh yeah he is all right well why is that then God and just when I said that suddenly as the angel started shoving all this armor on me I was like whoa and my arms started going up like this and he lifted my arms and put stuff on and turned me around and lifted my legs and my legs were literally going like this and my arms like that and I'm looking like a puppet or something <laughs> what box are you going to put that in Weird and wacky. You know? Um, th- this is some of the experiences that I've had over the years as I've grown in my connection with God. And I, as I've, I've not turned off my brain. Don't turn off. God gave us a brain. He gave us all this stuff. Don't turn it off. Um, but encounter... Dreams, visions, your young men will see dreams, you'll see dreams, they might, they see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Okay, loads of encounter, um, and again we can bring that to other people, and um, in different ways, like our recent outreach event in the West End, I was uh, speaking to a woman, I just prayed for her, and I just asked God to come and meet with her and at the end she said that i can feel his love burning inside of me i've never felt god like that before it's an experiential thing inside of us that we need to engage with like all our all our senses with all of us and it's something i've grown in as i've grown in trust because you don't i don't open up my heart to my wife until i've got to know her or do you get me so there's a trust here and that verse that i've started with started with trust the lord Trust God. And that's something we grow in. Taste and see. We spoke about this one. Taste and see that God's good. Once we've tasted and seen that he's good, then it's easier to open up and experience him. But if, I, if I've never had pizza before, I can look at it and go, mm, nah. My wee boys actually but at the moment. He'll look at something and he'll go, nah. just try it right? and most of the time we we give him freedom to eat something or not and sometimes we just try and like when he's going just go and just shove a wee bit shove a wee bit in his mouth right and then he's (laughs) he'll get it all up he loves it sometimes just to get a little bit of a taste can be tricky if you don't know that you if it's any good try it and see try God and see what happens Um, sometimes God chooses to bypass our understanding which is why things like dreams and visions are are useful Um, I go through phases where sometimes I, I dream a lot and God shows me stuff as a dream which is quite cool okay But we need to look after our heart if we're going to connect with God in our heart, don't we? And if we're after wanting to see God do stuff, and Kev's right, I'm so passionate about seeing like every heart in Glasgow, people connect with him. I'm so passionate, I believe God is transforming our city. And I'm really passionate about seeing stuff happen. But I'm getting more and more passionate in the last couple of years about the simple things, about spending time with my wife, Or my family. Or walking around and seeing nature. And the really simple stuff. Experiencing really simple things in life. There's a song that I love. Which is on an album. That I think probably Kevin introduced me to. When I was round at their house. And I heard it on. Jason Upton. On the rim of the visible world. And the last song in that is called Simple Things. And there's lines in it. I want to know you i want to know you in the simple things of life today i want to see you i want to see you in the simple things of life today it's it's the really simple things sometimes where we have the deepest encounters not the off ministering and seeing people's arms grow back on that is awesome but i tell you what just like going for a walk sitting down for five minutes Enjoying a bowl of ice cream. Do you know? I'm really uh, enjoying those things. I've just been for a two week holiday, and do you know what I hadn't done? I hadn't prioritised a holiday for my family. It's not that my wife and my kids, oh, i want to go on holiday, Dad, and i would say, No, no, no. It wasn't like that. I just, we just hadn't really prioritised it. We'd only been away for maybe a few days at a time over the last few years and we're just back from a bit of an overdue holiday we were away for a whole two weeks and do you know what how good was that for me for my heart for our marriage it was really good and it's those simple things like my how good is my connection with my wife I, i'm a you know i'm gonna be nice or loving or nasty or you know I spent all well yesterday afternoon playing dodgy ball with my kids. Got to late in the evening and I'm like, I've got sermon prep to do. I don't really know what I'm saying, God. I've got lots of notes, but I'm not really sure what I'm saying. I could do with a bit of time to try and sort them out. And I'm looking at my kids thinking, Let, let's, let's get some priorities right and let's, let's connect with them and let's look after my heart. See, if I spent all yesterday afternoon trying to prepare a sermon, it wouldn't be any different. Probably worse, because I wouldn't have been looking after my heart. So I went outside and played dodgeball all afternoon with my kids. It's got to be one of the best games there is. Dodgeball is so cool. It's brilliant. We are playing dodgeball away in holiday um, with walkie-talkies, hide and seek dodgeball with walkie-talkies. So cool. It's great. You got to look after your heart got to look after your heart um, and and have some fun otherwise it's harder to to connect right one quick bit of the bible i want to finish on is the story of lazarus in john 11 because it highlights a couple of things i've been talking about if you want to turn to john 11 you can If you don't want to, I don't mind. Okay, again, this is a very well-known story. Jesus heard Lazarus was sick and he appeared really not to bother his bum. And he stayed where he was and he died. Lazarus died. So, a few folk were a bit kind of miffed about that. Um, And I'm making light of it, but This was somebody that died. It's not a light topic, really. Um, And Lazarus was brother to Martha and Mary, who were pals with Jesus. And they knew who Jesus was. They had a connection with him. They had an experiential connection with him. So their brother died, and Jesus never came to help. I just want to pick this up very briefly from um, when he did show up. From verse 20, now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met with him. But Mary, Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Let's call that some bold communication. <laughs> Jesus, hello, you know. But the thing is, she went to meet Jesus. She didn't say, well, I'm not going to bother. Do you get me? When we're going through pain and we're going through stuff, we can just go to Jesus and, and be bold and say, well, if you'd been here, then it would have been all right. But then what did she say? She said, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 22, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She's maintaining some kind of hope here as Well, um, and if we know the nature of God, it gives us an ability to maintain hope. If we don't know the nature of God, the Lord your God is one. This is who he is. We don't know the nature of him, and um, it's difficult to maintain hope. And then Jesus said, yes, I am the resurrection the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me She'll never die do you believe this she said to him yes lord i believe that you're the christ the son of the god the son of god who's to come into the world and then let's look down a little bit more at, um what happened with mary and when she said these things she went her way and secretly called mary her sister saying the teacher has come and is calling for you as soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came to him can you see her heart towards jesus jesus hasn't showed up and has let her brother die i healed all these other people and not come through for her but where's she going she she's got some connection with him jesus had not yet come into town but was in the place where martha met him and the jews who were with her in the house comforting her when she saw that mary rose up quickly and went out followed her saying she's going to the tomb to weep there Um and again Lord if you've not been here my brother would not have died they're being honest about the situation but maintaining connection and maintaining hope and even then verse 33 says that when Jesus saw weeping um, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and th- verse 35 Jesus wept so Jesus knew what was going to happen but he engaged with the situation as well he, he, he met Mary and Mark did he did say I'm the resurrection and the life and it's all kushti it's fine he connected with them where they were at so that's what we can expect God to do with us as well as connect where we're at so that we can yaday him and live every moment in every way and everything that we do and everything that we are in yaday an experiential encounter with God and a lot but it's a journey isn't it and we're all in different places in that journey which is okay so if somebody's having some of these wacky experiences you know take it out the box maybe it's god if we've got a good understanding of some things maybe god wants to give us some experience maybe he wants to let us feel his love burning inside we need to look after our hearts, but we need to prioritise. As well as me prioritising time with my kids and playing dodgeball, I'm prioritising some time with God and some time and some place in my life to encounter Him and the simple things every day. So that's me for today. Um, I'm just going to pray and uh, then we'll finish and we'll go and get kids father we love you and we thank you that it's we don't need to fear you about getting it wrong and about having to seek you and work out what way we should go because we might get a biff in the head if we get it wrong it's about connecting with you and experiencing you father thank you that you want to encounter us and you want us to encounter and experience you So we invite you, Father, to come and and take us all on in that journey and help us encounter you in new ways and experience your love in new ways, Father, in the simple things every day. Amen.